0: A rich man's world, I have turned the of this land, but the beautiful... Hello and welcome to Seeds of Self, a podcast for daughters disrupting generational cycles. I'm your host, Chelsea, coach, mentor, and founder of Seed Space, a community that explores the intersections between identity, culture, and well being. With a focus on empowering a more inclusive approach to contemporary wellness, our mission is to support the rising and thriving of all women, beyond conditioning imposed through patriarchal, colonial, and capitalist culture. Join us week to week for candid conversations, deep diving on all things spirituality, psychology, self-development, business in the wellness industry, and more. If our content resonates, it'd mean the world if you could give us a rating or share with a friend. Okay, thank you so much for being here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Seeds of Self podcast. If you are new here, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Chelsea, your host, and we speak all about self-development work through an intersectional lens. So really taking into consideration the role that culture and identity play in influencing our overall approach to healing. If you have been tuning in for a while now and you are enjoying our content, I'd love, love, love if you could take a quick moment to please leave a rating or a little review. It really helps this podcast grow and to really reach people who may benefit. Okay, so with that being said, let's dive into today's episode. Today, I will be talking all about the power of co-regulation and how fundamental it is in nurturing healthy, thriving relationships, both within ourselves, but also within our wider community. For those of you who are unfamiliar, co-regulation is whereby one nervous system is able to calm another. So it essentially happens through emotional attunement. So whereby one person's either physical body or tone pitch of their voice, breath, or even gentle words can act as an anchor to soothe the other person and regulate them. As many of you in this community can likely resonate with, as a hyper-independent eldest daughter from an immigrant family, I personally learned at a really young age to rely solely on myself to soothe my emotions. While I had a really supportive and, for the most part, quite secure upbringing, emotional regulation and the nuances that come with being a sensitive and deeply emotional being were not exactly ones that were catered to by my parents or my wider family, the adults in my life, right? Right. They simply did not have the bandwidth or the emotional capacity themselves to really understand how to cultivate that awareness or practice it within our family home. So for me, this meant that big stressful um, situations or kind of challenges, uh, complexities to my emotional world were really isolating or I felt quite alone with having to navigate and unpack what was happening. And I've worked a lot in therapy on desensitizing a lot of these core memories, which is kind of why I can speak to them so candidly. But just to give a couple of examples in case they resonate with you or inspire you to perhaps reflect on any earlier childhood experiences that may be similar, that evoked this same kind of response within you now in your adult life, whereby you End up playing that role of a self regulator and then regulating on behalf of others without kind of having it reciprocated. For me, I remember my first touch point or my first experience with loss and grief was when my, I had a couple of actually older family members pass away when I was younger, uncles, but also my grandmother, who I was quite close with. I think I was maybe an early teen, I'm going to say, maybe like 12 or 13. No one ever sat me down to explain what grief was or even maybe check in, ask how I was doing. There was also a moment of time where one of my parents, my mom, got sick for a period of time. I think I was maybe 16 at this point. It was very stressful at home. She was in hospital. Um, We didn't really know what was happening. In Australia, when you're around 16, there's these exams at school. So I remember there was quite a bit going on and yeah, nobody kind of was able to hold space for that stress for me or the stress that the little child, the little girl version of me was experiencing. And the culmination of these little examples and many, many more, which I'm not touching upon and I probably don't even explicitly remember, resulted in me learning Or imprinting through my conditioning that the only way to feel safe, the only way to remain calm was to rely on myself in order to regulate, right? So in my adult life, anytime that I have been stressed, triggered, it was up to me, right? To come back to a place of calmness. I really mastered the art of self-regulating quite early on by building up my internal toolkit with multiple different resources to best support that. So whether it be the deep breaths, the journaling, the meditation, a quick minute in nature, eating well, sleeping early, movement, all, all the typical things learning to activate my inner wise parent kind of became my my norm and my reality of how i navigated any kind of life challenges even so in in relationships both friendships but romantic relationships too it's quite common for me to play that role of the calm hyper-responsible, emotionally mature, one that is doing a lot of the emotional attunement. Now that pattern shifted quite a while ago in, in my friendships, particularly with my close girlfriends who are also on this journey and on this path and do the work themselves. And that in and of itself has been incredibly healing for me to release the need to only rely on myself. It's been really, really supportive having a bolstered community around me to teach myself how to lean on others and co-regulate. But in the realm of romantic relationships, so in partnership dynamics, for example, that's still an area where I don't feel safe. And it's a topic that I talk a lot about with my therapist, and that's likely influenced by the fact that my relationship with my father was the one that is, or was, is, still is, we're working through it, um, the most complex in terms of me as a little girl seeing like my first, you know, male figure not be able to hold that space for me. I'm um, kind of created an internal distrust, right? And then add on the layers of growing up in this patriarchal world where men aren't actually equipped themselves to hold space for these kinds of emotional life experiences. So my core imprinting as a child was perpetuated as I continued into you know my teenage years, my adult life and then into the relationships, the romantic relationships that I have been cultivating. Now All of that being said, to share a little bit of context, because I recently encountered a situation that mirrored to me how profound it is on an energetic level, on a nervous system level, when you are in the presence of another human that can hold that space for you and whereby you feel anchored to safety to security and to your emotional body in a way that is soothing and regulated and I wanted to share some tips in today's episode on a couple of practices that you can integrate into your day-to-day into your relationships to practice the art of co-regulating so that you can hold the space for others but also trust that others around you can hold that space when needed for you. There's so, so much psychology out there that validates people who can emotionally regulate in relationships are generally more confident. They are able to repair a lot easier. So apologize, take accountability uh, when there's a conflict. Obviously, this influences then the closeness, the depth and the intimacy of relationships. It also brings about more empathy. And also the ability to grow and evolve because when in dynamics that allow that safe co-regulation, we're able to see our blind spots in a way that doesn't activate our ego, right? So the possibility for growth and expansion is a lot wider. When we regulate our emotions, what we actually are saying to our body and to ourselves is that we are safe and we are stable we can self-soothe, we can show empathy, and when we don't and we act out in ways that are maybe out of alignment, out of integrity, there's always the space to own it and repair. When we don't actually know how to regulate our emotions, relationships can often be chaotic, dramatic, and confusing in a lot of ways and Perhaps you can think back to some of your earlier relationships when you were younger. Or maybe you were, you know, still in school, teenage years, early university days, whatever it might be. But oftentimes the patterns kind of go that when we're still finding our feet, I mean, who we are, there's a lot of open-ended questions and a lot of our family patterns and traumas kind of playing out. And that results in having a couple or maybe one or two more messy relationships because of that. I know for myself anyway, when I think back to my first relationship ever, although it was really safe and loving and kind and genuine in many, many ways, I absolutely was living out my my childhood trauma in that dynamic, you know, behaving in ways that I'm absolutely not proud of now, but a lot of that boiled down to not actually understanding how to regulate my own emotions, right? So, investing the time and the energy into practicing emotional regulation literally allows the possibility to change every single relationship that we have in our life. So, all of that being said, I want to share a couple of practical tips or practices that you can implement to invite more regulation into the relationships within yourself and within your community. So, step one, listening out out of genuine curiosity. This actually takes a lot of self-development work in and of itself, but when faced in, with a challenging situation or feeling maybe a little bit triggered, it's super easy to slip into that habit of getting defensive, right? But when we listen from a place of genuine curiosity, when we ask questions to understand the inner landscape of the person that we are interacting with, when we really listen to what they're saying without interrupting or deflecting away from the subject the safer that the people around us are able to feel and therefore more connected. So if you take anything away from this episode, actually, I I really implore you to have a quick check-in as to how you navigate your relationships. It can be in a professional context, a romantic, uh, even friendships. Do you practice listening out of genuine curiosity, right? Where you don't Interrupt where you are present, where you remember details. That is a key skill to allow people to feel safe around you in your presence and more connected. On the other side of that, it's also incredibly powerful to practice vulnerability. So when faced with a challenge or a situation that is triggering us, a potential conflict, instead of switching into a role where we are accusing, Right? So you don't care about me. You're so selfish. You know, you don't value me. Practice being able to speak to the deeper emotion at play. When you do that, I feel undervalued. When you say those things, I feel disrespected. You know, when you do that thing, I feel like you don't care about me. I feel like I don't matter. That scares me. That makes me feel really insecure. That doesn't make me feel self assured, right? What is the thing that is being triggered underneath the thing that is present in the moment, right? Because oftentimes our initial triggers are indicative of something beneath. So practice being vulnerable within yourself. And this really, really comes with time and with practice and with a lot of self work. So It might not be in that specific moment that you're able to draw the patterns, right? Oh, when that person said that, it's directly making me feel like X, Y, Z. That might not be the case for you yet. But if you're at least able to identify in the moment, okay, that didn't feel good, park it in your brain and come back to it when you have a moment to yourself, when you're able to unpack it from a place of curiosity, why didn't that feel good? rather than being reactionary in the moment. Like, okay, when you said that, you're so selfish to say that, or, you know, you don't care about me. So try to invite vulnerability in the moment. And if it's not possible for you in the moment, allow time and space for that vulnerability to unfold. Something else that I really like to do, perhaps it's not for everyone, but it is very effective. I've been practicing this for yeah, a couple of years now, but actually scheduling decompression time. So I live a very busy life. I work in a corporate space where there's a lot going on. I have a thriving social life. I live in a busy metropolitan city. There's always something going on, Right. Scheduling decompression time to allow my nervous system to come to a place of regulation irrespective of what is going on around me, going on in my community, allows me to unburden that stress, right? It's so, so important to take that still, quiet time to ourselves, even if it's just 10 minutes a day, even if it's when you wake up in the morning, that quick meditation or that quick moment of journaling or reading three pages of your book, whatever it might be, releasing our emotional energy allows us to have a greater sense of resilience so that we can cope without being too hyper-stressed in the moments and when we are faced with conflict being able to decompress might take many different forms and variations for you. Maybe it's, you know, grounding in nature. Maybe it's taking a bath. Maybe it's doing some breath work. Find what works for you and make it a practice to actually schedule this into the day. I know many of us, and definitely an older version of myself, particularly as an extrovert would book out my schedule back to back because I genuinely also feel recharged in the presence of others. But being able to allow time just for me has been profound in terms of how I'm able to then show up in different situations uh, when faced with stress. Another important practice is coming out of the mind a little bit. And I have a very strong feeling that some of you listening to this may also be struggling with this point as I am. And this is still one that I'm very much working through. But I know a lot of the community here listening does resonate with being that hyper-responsible eldest daughter, being able to come out of our analytical thinking, controlling brain and feeling into our body and breath is so important when navigating difficult conversations or life challenges. Being able to practice slow and steady breathing instead of having our body in this hyperreactive state, it allows us to handle discomfort from a really calm standpoint and that's not to say that you never become triggered but I notice for myself when I'm in situations that are stressful slowing down through my breath even if it's just taking three deep slow breaths in the moment means that I'm less likely to say something that I don't mean speak out of integrity do something that I'm not proud of and really just navigate whatever situation is at hand from a more regulated space. So those are a couple of quick little tricks and practices that I personally use that I have learnt through my own self-development work that I have been introduced to either by resources or through my therapist um, that have really stuck with me and allowed me to enter situations from a place of regulation so that I can regulate with someone else and so that I can allow space for another person to regulate with me. So quick recap, tuning into our body and our breath in the moment so that we don't become hyperreactive. Taking a minute to schedule decompression time. So, even when you are not faced with a life challenge, right, just having this as a regular practice as part of your routine helps build that inner resilience. So, maybe it's 15 minutes every morning, 15 minutes at the end of the day. See what works for you in your schedule and really try sticking to it. Practice being vulnerable right? So instead of jumping into defensive accusing mode, can you speak to the feeling and the deeper emotion that is being activated in a particular instance? Can you say, when you do this, I feel very sad. I feel hurt when you behave like this or your actions in doing this make me feel really undervalued? How can we give ourselves permission to actually be vulnerable and allow the other person the space to regulate on behalf of us, right before we go and trigger their own defense mechanisms and listening? And this is probably my favorite and most important takeaway uh, that I have pretty much ever learned through any self-development work is how to be a good listener, right? How to listen from a place of genuine curiosity, how to be present with another person, how to make someone feel safe being around you, and how to make people feel connected. And ironically enough, when we practice these things in relation to others, whatever context it might be, romantic friendship, whatever, we also learn how to practice them for ourselves, And I think that is such an incredibly empowering place to be in, whereby we're able to not just be self-soothers, but soothers to those in our community so we can regulate and co-regulate because yes, we are social beings and part of healing is being able to hold that space and that safe container for those around us. So I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope that you learned something along the way. I'm curious to know what your relationship is like with co-regulating versus regulating. Let me know. Reach out on Seed Space's Instagram. I always love hearing from you. And until next week, I wish you a lovely evening, a lovely day, wherever you're tuning in from. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and being part of this movement. I hope this episode left you feeling inspired, supported and seen in your journey. If our content resonates, it'd mean the world if you could share with a friend, subscribe or give us a rating. If you're curious about working together or would simply like to share your thoughts or any other feedback, links are in the show notes of how to best get in touch. Until then, so much love to wherever you're listening in from. Bye-bye.